Welcome back to another episode of Screen Run. I'm your host, the Lady Juan, and I'm here with... Chris Scalza. Screen Run is a show where Chris and I discuss the works of one artist per season, and season one is the films of Kevin Smith. Episode 13 is meta as fuck. We're talking about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Now, I felt like we were going to have to do a little disclosure before we play the trailer because it's the red band. There's a lot of profanity in it, but I like that you just... I think I led into it strongly. Yeah, you just break <laughs> through the wall. You're like the Kool-Aid man of profanity. So let's go ahead and uh, take a listen. All right, you motherfuckers. I know you're in there. Come out right now. Stop the motherfucking plan. doesn't have a dick. He's got a fucking dick. He just got a tucked in. Identify yourselves, motherfuckers. I'm Jay, and this is my head with life mate, Silent Bob. Don't tell me you guys have no idea there's a new comic book movie being made of the old comic book movie you two are the basis for. That old ass star-studded piece of shit, that movie sucked balls. Suck asshole, too. Your Honor, I object. I'll allow it. That movie did suck balls and asshole. We got three days to get to Hollywood and stop this reboot from ever happening. Boys, I had a baby. Jay, brace yourself. You're about to meet our love I think I'm gonna need to see a blood test. No, Jay. This is my daughter, Millennium Falcon. Can you take us to Hollywood with you? Fuck no, man. It's a tough-ass neighborhood. Either you take us to Hollywood, or I stab you both to death on my own front fucking lawn. And on that note, we cue the music. All right, boss. So let me ask you, Miss <laughs> Juan. Yes. Can you go home again? Only if you have been truly miserable first. <laughs> Fair enough. That is my take on this. Yeah. Let me. Uh, let me just back it up with a little little bit of context. Please. So Jay and Silent Bob Reboot was released in 2019, which is three years after Yoga Hosers. It is the return of Jay and Bob, a.k.a. Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. It also stars Harley Quinn Smith as Jay's daughter, Millennium Falcon, a.k.a. Millie. And her character name alone, Smith is signaling his return to ragging on himself in a way that is a lot more fun and was more prevalent back in our view of Skewniverse days, which we are all the way back to for the first time since Clerks 2. And this movie follows, as you heard in the trailer, Jay and Bob as they once again attempt to stop a movie being made about their comic book alter egos, Blunt Man and Chronic, except... On the road trip this time, they discover Jay's long-lost daughter with Justice from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. The movie is a criticism of Hollywood's reboot culture, but also a story about parenthood and the passage of time, which Kevin Smith wrote after he had that massive heart attack where he almost died. And <laughs> I, do I don't have like multiple sources for this, but I read that he didn't want Yoga Hosers to be his last movie. <laughs> like mm. that was the, the way I heard it phrased, which... You know, okay, fair. Uh, and he just wanted to recreate the good times that he had filming with Jason Mewes on Strike Back back in 2000, when the movie came out in 2001. He reconciled with Ben Affleck through the course of making this. And <laughs> we get, we'll get we we'll talk about the, uh, the scene there with Holden, but that's how we got this movie. And uh, I have now seen it twice. Mm -hmm. Once, just in 20, like early 2020, after not watching any of his stuff since Clerks 2, 
And then now I've just watched it again after trudging through every movie he's ever made. And that is a much more satisfying way to come at this movie <laughs> is after hmm. Yoga Hosers. <laughs> that is interesting. I did see this in the theaters. Now, I didn't yes. do one of the uh, screenings where he was doing a Q&A and doing all the That's hosting fancy. and stuff. Yeah. I just, it was, because uh, that was an initial run, right? He did a tour yep. to certain yes. areas. And they also did like a beamed in streaming tour mm-hmm. night special as well. And I actually didn't do that. I saw it the week later when it actually was got the general release in the theaters. Yeah. And I remember walking out kind of just overall slightly disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, just the whole yeah. film is an homage to everything that's come before. Yeah. And it just it's, it seems a lot of times just very... Listen, as a nostalgia tour, I found it quite pleasing, even heartwarming mm-hmm. at times. But it's a trip through the old folks' home. It's good to see grandma and grandpa, <laughs> but it's also at times kind of sad. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was very, very excited when I saw the trailer. And then everything I kind of heard as it was kind of making the rounds, I was like, oh, maybe this is not going to be as good as I want it to be. And then when mm-hmm. I did see it, I was pretty disappointed. I was like, well, I've already seen this movie. And just because that that's the joke doesn't mean I haven't already seen it. And I just, it kind of bummed me out. But then, <laughs> then, like I said, after having sat through so many other of his movies that I did not enjoy, watching this was a breath of fresh. I was like, oh, right. I remember silliness. I remember literally all of those people. I yeah. I came to it like in a much better way this go around. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And I I smiled pretty, basically throughout the entire thing. I had a kind of yeah. I had a grin on my face the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not as funny I think as his earlier work. It doesn't have the sharp edge that Clerks yeah. had, right? It doesn't right. the message retrospectively perhaps a little flawed, but it doesn't have the the wit and the strength of message that Chasing Amy and Dogma had. It didn't have the mm-hmm. laughs, at least for me, that Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back had. A film that I still will defend. The same with, too, <laughs> even the, the maturity that he introduces to our, into our characters with Clerks too. Yeah. But it, yeah. Was, it was a nice tour, you know, down memory lane, seeing all these people pop up. It does feel very patchworked at times. Mm-hmm. And there's a oh, reason for, sure. for that. Yeah. Right yeah. is part of the problem because a lot of these people would be all become available as uh-huh. the film was being made during production. So then they would kind of write something on the fly when like Matt Damon's able to show up, when Ben mm-hmm. Affleck's able to show up, right? And it happens a lot in this movie. So it does feel very stitched yeah. together at times. But still, it's it's an it's an enjoyable kind of tour. It's like you're basically at a Disney theme park version of the View Askew universe <laughs> and going through all the different, seeing all the hits. And, you know, it's it's a Pirates of the Caribbean. You're just waiting for the next thing to pop up. Oh, it's it's uh, Brandon St. Randy. You know, it's all the little things people pop up. And you're like, oh, yeah, a yeah. lot of pointing, laughing, and, and smiling and enjoying the memories. Yeah, it's so the movie is, by critics, 65% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes which that's better than previous things that we've talked about. But it has an audience score of 93%. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised it was that high, but then it really, it is a fan service movie. Like it just is that. So if you can't get a good audience score off of like, hey audience, I love you. Here's all the things that like I used to do that you used to like, (laughs) then you can't, that's the way to do it. 
Like mm-hmm. he did it. He kind of gave everything, gave every reference, every wink, like literal winks, literal winks at things. Yeah, coming coming to it after <laughs> the other things was a, a pleasant surprise for me because I was not expecting to enjoy this again, especially after when I watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back for the first time in years. And I didn't think it was anywhere near as funny as I used to think it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit, if I'm going to watch basically the remake of that movie that didn't hold up, this is going to be bad. But I enjoyed it so much more than I was expecting. I liked it. That's, wow. <laughs> well, you liked it. Like, I really how, liked it. Did you have some LOL moments, some LM, LMAOs, some ROFLs? I mean, nothing like broke me. But it felt like it was a much more consistent, just like you said, just like smiling pretty much entirely the whole time. Oh, just, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Just a lot of that. Not a ton of like laughing super hard. But after the previous things we have discussed, this is <laughs> a delight. <laughs> that's, that's true. I mean, we talk about yoga hosers and tusk. Yeah. I like in one of the, the commentary I listened to, which I think is currently available on YouTube. He recorded it actually just this past, um, well, he recorded it back on March 24th in 2020. Oh. And he described the movie basically as a dirty version of the Muppet movie because we're going to Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. which I think it, yeah. I, I get that. And then one of the things I struggle with with this, and I'm curious what you think about this. Yes. Is now that these characters have all grown and matured, they're no longer these outrageous versions of people that possibly can't exist or hopefully shouldn't exist. But you mm-hmm. still love them, right? The Jay yeah. that we got from Clerks up through the films, and now, you know, he's, he's a father now. You know, he's older, mm-hmm. more mature. And you can see, too, it's one of those things where you're, you can visually, visually see how much older everybody is now. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But is it... <laughs> I think it's one of the things I struggled with is that they're now more fully developed characters, right? They have emotions. Mm-hmm. There's been growth. They have their own stories. Instead of being these caricatures, they're actually yeah. kind of now people today. And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like I understand that because they were obviously never meant to be actual characters. They were just meant to be comic relief mm-hmm. with other people having growth. But I honestly feel like I'm okay with the fact that Jay is a real character now, mostly because Bob kind of still isn't. Like Bob, you know, he he still gives his speeches, but like, I don't know what's going on with his life. But I feel like it's for Jason Muse. That like Kevin Smith is like, I'm doing this for you. And so because you can't just watch any of his movies on the surface level, he demands that you don't. That's why this movie exists. He's like, you need to get all the references and the jokes and the reason behind everything. You need to get it all. And mm-hmm. so for that, it makes Jay having to learn about fatherhood and and go through all of this stuff. It makes it like that much nicer because Kevin Smith is doing this for his friend. The role and the movie is written as an act of friendship. So I enjoy that. It's very yeah. sweet. And, and his films, too, have his storytelling has matured. He's definitely been, listen, he's always basically been telling just the story of his life, almost in all yes. of his films, outside yeah. of the tusks and the yoga hosers. <laughs> but most of you is skew universe, you know, that, and you could, you could see the shift when he yeah. becomes more focused on becoming a husband, right? And then he becomes mm-hmm. more focused on becoming a father. 
and then his family. And that's the arc of the films follow that path. Yeah. So it, and it's fair. That's fine. You know, and I appreciate it. And it's interesting to see these new versions, uh, matured, fully developed versions of the characters. But yeah. it'll never be like it was with that when I first saw Clark's. No. You know, I, I rented the VHS. I had heard it was like this underground thing, how it was this vulgar, profane, absolutely hilarious film. And my, my Carl's video about uh, three miles from my house when I used to bike <laughs> over there, I would be able to go ahead and rent that. And I took it home and I was just crying. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Nothing will ever be the, the early things, but I appreciate that he just went with like the weirdest shit as far as strike back and was like, yeah, yeah, that's how we have to do this again. We have to do the exact same thing again. And it is like, it is a silly movie. It's a silly road trip movie, making fun of movies, but also he's a hundred percent right about the state of movies Mm -hmm. as far as like, Oh, you like this? Here's 10 more of it. Like it is oppressive. (laughs) Like it is. And this is before Warner Brothers is telling us that we have to have six Batman movies a year and that audiences are going to be sophisticated enough to love it, which is a, a nice way of saying that when you don't like it, it's because you're too dumb. <laughs> like that's that's where we are now is yeah. we're getting even more of like now we're getting 10 Star Wars shows and six Batman movies a year. And it is 10 times more intense than it was when he wrote this movie about just how ridiculous reboots are. I know, but... Affleck with the bomb is Batman, yo. Word, <laughs> bitch! Batfleck like a motherfucker! <laughs> What's up now? Listen, I, <laughs> I, I... Yes, I think you're entirely right. But yeah. I did enjoy Batfleck. I found a second watch of the reboot to be, as I've said like five times at this point, so mm-hmm. much better than the first one because I'm really appreciating that it somehow does more than the movie that it's rebooting because Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is just like funny and silly and like look at all my celebrity friends and look at yeah. all these references that I'm making. But there's not really a point to it. Like it was a movie that he made for Jay, like Jason Mewes, like get clean, get sober, like you're gonna you're gonna do this. And it there's that active friendship there. But like the point of the movie is like whatever, it's just funny. And this mm-hmm. one has the two levels of making a you know, a criticism, a commentary on Hollywood, but without being a dick about critics, he finally like moved over to be like, let me actually poke some fun at the studios instead of the critics. A much better choice because audiences will get on board with you for that versus you just like being mad that people don't like your movies. But then also a real actual message about being a parent. And he actually wrote a good scene again with the scene with Holden. He can, he can still write. He just, I don't know what what the been what has been in the issue, but he actually wrote something like meaningful and like measured and good again. So what do you think, kiddo? We like these stinky old fools, dude. How did something so amazing come from your funny book making balls? Well, it's a mystery to me too, G. I'm a huge fan of that kid. Blunt Man's getting a reboot. Netflix is making Amy. Well, I hate the present so much, it's like they want to retreat into the past. All of a sudden, all my old bullshit is back. And some of that old bullshit meant the world to me when I was starting out. But now that all my childhood dreams are starting to come true, I mean, it's nice, don't get me wrong. That kid is just way more interesting to me. I used to think life was all about me. I was the hero of my own story. Bruce Wayne of one lifelong issue of Detective Comics, so to speak. And that kid came along and suddenly realized 
You're not Bruce Wayne anymore. You're Thomas Wayne. Or Bruce Wayne's mom, whose name escapes me. Anyway, I'm just here to set the real story in motion. Because once you become a parent, you're not the star anymore. You're the stage. I'm just here to prop up my kids so she can put on the show of her life, like my parents did for me, like theirs did before them. And if you're lucky enough to have a kid, the trade-off is you don't really get a third act to your story, because the story changes. All of a sudden, it's not about you anymore. For the first time in your self-involved life, that's okay. Kids are like our reboots. Another chance to tell a brand new version of the same old story. I know I'm supposed to be teaching Amy stuff, but I, it's like I'm learning from her every day. So, spend my days chasing Amy, so to speak. And really, it's Smith is speaking through Affleck, through Holden, about mm-hmm. being a father at that point. Yeah. And I, that's why I, this whole run, particularly with working with with Harley Quinn, uh, I, I really, <laughs> I respect him to be doing this, right? Because he basically at this point, he yeah. wants to keep making movies and he wants to make them with his family for his fans. You know, he's feels he's broken the the code in regards to film distribution. He thinks it, yeah. for him it works to do these tours. He makes them for five to six, seven, eight million dollars or whatever, and then he takes them on tour. He's able to pay for the movies, uh, pay back the investors, and have a fun time making movies. And in the end, more power to you, right? Yeah. You're living your dream, doing what you want to do, doing it with your family and friends. I can't really think of anything that's better in life. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, tip of the cap to Smith to be able to do what he loves with the people he loves. Yeah, it's working for him. And it's really, it's interesting to kind of break your mindset on that, right? And I think it's one of the things I've been guilty of during the run of this show where Mm -hmm. I would make platitudes or I would discuss the fact, and but negatively, I think, with just a a twinge of negativity about (laughs) his decision to do this, to do, to make films this way. And... I've just really come around on it. I think it, yeah. you know, if you can break the, the, the mold, not be stuck to the studio system where you mm-hmm. have to get, get hit a certain dollar amount for your film to be considered viable, right? To, to be able to shoo all of that stuff and just live your life doing what you want to do. I, I can't fault you. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of going about the distribution yourself is definitely something to be applauded. I did not enjoy his shtick about auctioning it off and then auctioning it to himself. Because mm. <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know why throughout the course of this show, I have decided it is my job to psychoanalyze what he's doing, but this is what I'm doing. Someone's and- going to do it. <laughs> I, I volunteered. I really feel like he has good ideas, but then... His execution is almost like, this is a stupid idea and fuck you guys because you're not going to like it, but I'm going to do this stupid idea anyway. And it's like, well, if you just kind of went with like, I got this idea, I'm going to do this and uh, I hope you guys are on board. But it's just not his style to be like nice about things. I don't yeah. I don't, just don't know why he has to like come at it. Like he clearly sees himself as like the Kevin Smith version of himself he put in this movie where he's just like some loud asshole that go people go talk to and he's just like full of shit. He has terrible ideas and makes bad movies and it's like you wouldn't have even gotten to the point where you're making your 13th movie if that was true. Like you're not this version of yourself unless you want to be. Yeah. You know, it's pretty interesting to me that he just like put an asshole version of himself in the movie <laughs> and just pretended it was just like that's who I am. It's like well you're not because you wrote that. 
You can't right. actually be that asshole if you were capable of writing that. No, that's true. He was always very self-deprecating in all the commentaries we've listened to. Yes. You know, and I think, yeah. I don't know if he, there are some people, and I've actually been accused of this, wield self-deprecation as a sword and not a shield. Yes. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if that's what he's doing with that. Yeah, I totally think that's what he's doing. It's just surprising to me that he's still doing it. And I think, I can't remember even at this point what episode I've said this on where I was just like, why hasn't he matured? <laughs> like, I'm like, what's happening? Why is he still the same? I'm not the same from when I started watching them. Why is he the same? But, you know, I guess there's only so much of yourself that you can actually change. So mm. <laughs> some of it, some of that's just who he is. And I guess that that is what it is. But I do appreciate that this was like, even though I, I'm not a parent, I still appreciated like the presentation of these same characters but dealing with something entirely new that like I never would have imagined watching when you first meet them in front of the quick stop. Like, no, it's not a story you'd expect to be watching. Never mind, like actually feeling emotion about. That is interesting that we did run down the Jane Silent Bob path out of all the characters <laughs> that were introduced in that first film. Yeah. But that's, that's where we end up going. <laughs> but I, now listen, I think Smith was right. He met Jay and thought this is one funny Mother effer. And I think that he would be, you know, he'd be a lot of fun to see in the big screen. And that's what he wanted to do is get him on a, in the th in a screen. And it worked. Yeah. And he was right. So, yeah, but it's is. interesting that we didn't really, outside of Clerks 2, right? When we reunite with Dante and Randall, mm. we don't always spend as much time with any of the other characters in the uh, focused view of Skew universe. Yeah. The, uh, the son of this galaxy, of this solar system, <laughs> is uh, definitely... Jay and Bob. Yes, for sure. I feel like now is a good time to go through our view askew connection since we are like firmly back in it with this mm -hmm. movie. So our returning characters. All right, I'm going to take Bob. a nap while you run through this for the next half hour. <laughs> no, I have divided it into two categories. Okay. <laughs> returning characters. Jay and Bob. Mm -hmm. Dante Hicks. Mm -hmm. Brian O'Halloran. Uh, Holden and Alyssa from Chasing Amy, a.k.a. Ben Affleck and Joey Lauren Adams. Brody from Mallrats. We have Jason Lee, Jason Biggs, and James Vanderbeek as themselves. Diedrich Bader. Is he the same security guard? I've decided he is, right? I would think so. He, he's got to be. Um, Shannon Elizabeth is back as Justice. Grant Hicks is back as the news anchor, played by Brian O'Halloran, which um, is just important information to know about the rapture that happened in the Viewisk universe. It's like true. everybody got put back. So, like, Alanis cleaned all that up. It yep. doesn't matter. <laughs> that uh, Ben Affleck was killing people. It's fine. They're all fine now. Um, and then returning players. I can do this quickly. Harley Quinn Smith, who was clearly taking acting lessons. Congrats to her. Jennifer Schwalbach Smith, Justin Long, Adam Brody, Rosario Dawson, the cast of Clerks in a black and white panel, Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson. Notably missing is Jeff Anderson. There's no mm -hmm. Randall because they were not on speaking terms because <laughs> Jeff Anderson did not want to make Clerks 3 was real mad about it, was not not interested in doing it. But they did make up before the movie came out. And I'm surprised what? he didn't like shoehorn him in somehow. <laughs> what is, I don't understand what the animosity is between the two of them because of all that stuff. It's just Smith gets angry because he doesn't want to come back and do another film. Is that basically all it is? I think it's like purely ego. And I think, honestly, if you're Kevin Smith, though, 
And this one fucking guy is always the one who's like, I don't know, maybe I'm not going to do it. Maybe I'm not going to do it. Meanwhile, Ben Affleck can get over your bullshit of you telling all of his secrets and like talking a whole bunch of shit about him while he was in the lowest point of his life. If he can get over it, he has an Academy Award. He's a big deal. And meanwhile, Jeff Anderson's like, no, I don't think I want to do, you know, another movie. You, you can't do it without me. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'd be so sick of his shit too. Yeah. Everybody else can do deal with this. You have nothing else going on and you can't. Are you just in it for the drama? Wow. Look at That's you. That's how I would feel. That's the argument I'd be having. And don't then, list- you know, Jeff Anderson would not speak to me after I said that to him. Right? No kidding. <laughs> and I would say, Anderson, don't listen to this because I still would like you to come back. So don't. Yeah, uh... Only listen to the first episode and then never listen to me talk about you again. That's it, exactly. <laughs> Let me ask you, out of all the uh, view askew returns that the actual yeah. characters themselves, which one made you be like, oh, that's awesome? Did you do the Leonardo DiCaprio Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> thing where you lean forward and point? I feel like I was genuinely most happy with Brody. Yeah. That's, that's funny because... If you go back to that episode, I am not a fan of Mallrats. I, I softened on it, but yeah. I have never liked Brody as a character. So yeah. I probably would pass on that. For me, yeah, the yours? one that I enjoyed seeing pop up the most was probably Joey Lauren Adams Yeah, as Alyssa Jones. Of course it was. Because of my Chasing Amy affection. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was the one that may have surprised me the most when I first watched it too. I mean, that whole scene, like... That's the point of the movie. And mm-hmm. it's it's wild to me that he was going to make this movie without that scene. Because he didn't yeah. know if he was going to be able to have Ben Affleck be in it. Like, he didn't write that scene until, I want to say it was like a week before production was ending. Like, it was for sure shoved in there as much as it kind of feels like it within the context of the film. And it is the entire movie. And it's also the entire journey of all the other movies to this point. Yeah, it's crazy to me that there's some version of this movie that was going to be made that doesn't include that. And I do like... It's pretty great. That, yeah, out of all the relationships from Chasing Amy, the only one that actually survived was <laughs> Alyssa Jones is with the uh, Kevin Smith sister because they meet... Or, they're, they're at the end of the film. They're together as a couple. Yeah. And if you go... Now you fast forward to today or 2019... They're still together and they have a kid. And then it's just, it's, I don't know. It was just a fun little thing there. I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's nice. It's their whole, that whole scene. It's very sweet, but it's also very funny. And it's, it's kind of everything that you would want to get from this movie all in about like five to seven minutes. So you could Mm -hmm. really skip the rest of it if you wanted to Uh, (laughs) for a time crunch. Just watch that one scene. That's it. Probably. Yeah. So out of all the celebrity cameos, did you have a favorite? Because this is probably mine. G'day, Chris Hemsworth, and uh, I've been paid to, to welcome you to the 10th annual Hollywood Chronic Con. Yay! Welcome. Uh, now, full disclosure, I'm not the real Chris Hemsworth. I'm only a hologram, as you can see, so uh, feel free to take selfies with my holographic image, um, but please, and I can't even please, I have to fucking say this, but please do not hump the hologram, all right? Or you burn your dick off or whatever it is that you're thrusting into the hologram, so don't do it. Do not flate the hologram either, you know? You might burn your mouth off, but and please don't record yourself having conversations with the holographic version of me as if you were talking to me, saying things like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hump you until you thaw, you know? I think my wife is allowed to object to find me like that, and I have no choice in that, but I have a choice in this, so don't do it. 
Now, if you're looking for all the big celebrity guest panels, go left. Uh, if you want to be an extra in the new Blunt Man movie, go right. But whichever way you go, I uh, hope you have fun at this year's Chronic Con, because your ham's worth it. Trademark Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> That's it for me, is the trademark Chris Hemsworth. The yeah. your ham's worth it is what yeah. uh, put it sort of over the top for me. I love that whole bit. It's just so funny, and it feels... It feels like accurate, like that mm-hmm. would be the kind of shit that would happen at a Chronicon. Uh, but also it feels, you know, I feel like Chris Hemsworth has proven himself to be a pretty chill dude. And uh, he'd be on board with all of the objectifying of him that the the girls do earlier in the movie when they're discussing him. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I love that he, part. He's easy. I think the best thing about that Ghostbusters reboot as yeah. well as <laughs> oh the himbo. <laughs> I feel like... His performance in that is underrated because I really was upset that leaving the quote unquote girls version of Ghostbusters, my favorite part was the dude. Right. <laughs> but I was like, but he was so good. He was doing something different. He's he reminds me of John Hamm and that he's like clearly like too handsome to have ever gotten to be funny until he got so successful that he's like, No, no, now you have to let me. Yeah. Now I'm I'm a really big deal. You can let me be funny now. You just didn't know because you saw my face. And so I never had to be funny. But yeah, he's hilarious. So did you, what was, so that was yours as well then? You were yes. Hemsworth as your favorite celebrity? For cameo? sure. Yeah. It was so funny. It was just a delight. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's fun to hear him swear. It's true. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, just don't get it. So let me ask you, where do we go from here? So during the commentary, <laughs> I'm listening to this thing. I remember this is just in March of 2020. He states yeah. that a that they cannibalized some stuff from his Mallrats 2 script, the mm. Comic-Con, the Canadian terrorists. There were Canadians in that version. And the Iron Bob thing was from the Mallrats 2 script. Ah, uh, yeah. And then he also talks about how he pulled some stuff from Clerks 3, uh, the opening, basically, with the mm-hmm. um, the uh, cock smokers, with the, uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. growing the illegal weed. That was from Clerks 3. But then he mentions in the commentary that he'll probably do another tour, like he toured this film around the country, with Clerks mm-hmm. 3. So yeah. I'm, I don't know where we are. Are we doing Twilight of the Mall Rats? Is there going to be a Clerks 3? And if you had to choose one or the other, which one would you want to see? I would rather Clerks 3. Really? Yeah, because I really want to go somewhere else after Clerks 2. Just because I... As as discussed, I fucking hated it, that movie. But I liked the idea of where their story is ending. And so I'm more interested in what will happen with them now versus Mallrats. I'm like, you could just leave it alone forever. That'd be fine with me. Mm-hmm. So according to Wikipedia, which from what I understand is probably the most true and most reliable mm-hmm. website. Bible, yeah. Is that the plot basically is Randall is back and that he survived a heart attack. And then Dante's making a movie about their lives at the store. Okay. So clearly Smith working in again some real life stuff. And that Mallrats, Twilight of the Mallrats was going to be turned into a show. But I don't know how accurate that is. That news appears to be from much, much uh, earlier, like 2016, 2017. So I don't mm. know how accurate that's going to be. If yeah. I had to choose one, obviously for me, it would be Clark's 3. I'd like yeah. to love to see where Randall... And uh, Dante are at this point in their lives. Yeah. I think there's definitely room for that story to continue somewhere meaningful versus I don't think I was looking for anything meaningful from what the two dipshits and mall rats were going to do. And I love that movie. But like, we know what Brody's doing. And 
we know he's not going to want to deal with TS. So what are we doing? What's the point of it? Because he won't go back to seeing where TS is. And in this one, we established that Brody and Renee are together still. So I don't need to know about his life while he runs that store when he was the host of The Tonight Show. That just seems weird for me now. Like, I don't... Let's just keep going with Dante and Randall. Plus, they got to have some teenager working at their store, right? So, like, that'll bring in our, our youth and diversity per this movie. Sure. We'll have to throw it in. Look, yeah, it's fine. Fair enough. They worked Jay's kid into this film, so I'm sure they'll do yeah. uh, something else <laughs> at that point later on. Yeah, well, now we're at the point where, like, I know Harley Quinn Smith is still, like, a young person for sure, but, mm-hmm. like, now we're fully at the point where she could be a customer at that store. She's, like, the same age of, like, the mom wanting to rent the video for her kid. <laughs> like, it's... Why not? Like Yeah, right? Why not? What would they do? Would they just put like a red box out front of the quick stuff? Well, that's what they did. Yeah. At the end of Reboot. So I wonder what Randall's doing now. Well, I guess he's a co-owner of the store, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he owned they opened the video store. So does he just own a chain of red boxes? Like does he uh Honestly, it sounds pretty Do they franchise profitable. those? I think they just appear in the night. Quite possibly. <laughs> they just appear. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen a truck installing them? No, they just appear in the night. That's true. So let, let's get into it then. Our favorites. What is your favorite performance? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I think the one that I enjoy the most is Kevin Smith playing Kevin Smith, his outsized <laughs> version of himself. Because it's very... Yeah cheesy kind of over the top gaggy he's very he's does a lot of mugging for the camera on this one but he does some there's some really good line deliveries in there too so i think in the end i'm probably leaning towards smith as himself yeah he was very good there like i know it's easy for him to play two characters when one speaks and one doesn't but like he really is just a whole different version of himself it's very entertaining so yeah i like that too my favorite has to be Jay. If he doesn't work in this movie, this whole movie is just nothing. It mm-hmm. it just is hollow. And he was great. Like he was still funny and still weird, but he actually did have these like heartfelt moments that I was not expecting him to be able to deliver on. And he is vital to the emotional success of this movie. Agreed. Okay. This this one I literally don't have an answer for. <laughs> favorite reference because i was just overwhelmed by choice that i was like i'm out i gotta i don't i don't know yeah it's the whole film (laughs) yeah is like that i mean even the stuff that's there are references to stuff that's not even like that's not obvious like the van going to hollywood which is all you know jane silent bob i guess that's pretty obvious but you know there's just lots of stuff in here the whole film is just callbacks really and If I had to choose one particular reference, I really don't. I that's I had the same problem. Yeah, my just notes here for reference is just woof. I, <laughs> I think it may be the stinger of the film itself. The final mm. thing may be, and I don't know if also it falls into being my favorite gag. So I'm getting a, ahead of myself here, <laughs> but it's this. Oh, you see that guy over there? For 25 years, we've been coming here every night and putting gum in the locks. So, you know, and that's how Clerks <laughs> open. And, and it's it brings yeah. us full circle. 
So yeah. it's probably that. Yeah. It's it's so funny because of course it was them. Like of course. <laughs> like yeah. who the fuck else would have been putting gum in the locks? But like it's just it's so funny because like you really never think about it. But who else is hanging out there all the time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My favorite line, joke, whatever you want to call it, is Brody's defense of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um just <laughs> calling them a triumph of cinema and then just immediately tirading into I watch those Marvel movies more than I watch Pornhub and I come twice as hard doing it <laughs> is <laughs> like it's not only hilarious because like yes I feel I feel that on a spiritual level complaining about reboots and sequels but don't you mm. talk shit about the MCU because I love it and I love everything that it does yep. um, but also of course Brody would feel that way our guy who we meet like just having to be set straight by Stanley. Of course he loves the MCU. Like, so it feels, it feels like the voice of every fanboy and girl being like, yeah, fuck all these reboots, but don't talk about Marvel. Marvel's great. But, but it's also true to the, the character that we met so long ago. So that, that's my favorite. Yeah. I don't probably one of the things I enjoyed the most gag wise was just one of the weirdest and out of nowhere. Yeah. But I still, I there's something, I just enjoyed the whole thing. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about, you're bitching about what? Are they all here? Hey. Who the fuck are you? I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put that pitchfork down. Pitchforks are for clansmen only. Where the fuck do you come from? I come from downtown. I'm here for Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Legree? Yeah. You call yourself a clansman, you son of a bitch? We don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal, because the good news is you're fired. So I love Glen Carey, Glen Ross. Yeah. In watching Smith... Watching Sal and Bob basically go through <laughs> Alec Baldwin's entire opening of that film with the clan is, yeah. uh, I found quite amusing. It is, it is very funny. And um, I have to say, watching the reboot the first time around, I was like, I don't understand what's happening in this scene. And then watching it this go around, I'm like, okay, well, I feel like he just needs to make a point that he doesn't like the Klan because of all the stuff that he did with Nazis in the last movie. He needs to be like, no, no, just so it's clear what side I'm on. From the commentary, he basically says it's kind of a throwback because back in the 80s with all these comedies like Fletch and Blues Brothers or stuff, right? They had Nazis in them and they were were used. No, that's obviously Nazis. The Klan aren't Nazis. Oh, there is a little. The Venn diagram isn't exactly (laughs) two separate circles. Yeah. Yeah. But they had they showed up in 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 those movies. So that mm-hmm. was kind of his again. He loves those eighties comedies, yeah. and this was his homage to that whole yeah. thing, Animal House. You know that that's just that's what you did, and you mocked yeah. them. And uh, Harley Quinn actually kind of said, like, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to have the clan <laughs> in this film. I don't know if people yeah. appreciate that. He's yeah. like, No, that's what they did. That's what I'm doing. It's funny. You make fun of them. And that scene, for the most part, worked. And if you're a wrestling fan, you got to see Chris Jericho. So. 
no, it does feel straight out of time drops into this movie and he he executed exactly what he was going for. Okay. Are we ready to actually rate this? Sure. On a movie scale? Golden movies? Indeed. I feel like I should go first because I'm going to want you to, to say things after me. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange way of putting that. So I gave this a... 3.25 did you know we're what? doing quarter movies now because we no are. um yes we are because so looking back i think i actually like this more than jay and silent bob strike back no um which no. i went back through and Absolutely i gave a three not. to that it's basically the same movie sure. but it does not have any of the jokes that of repeat viewing i was like oh i used to think that was funny that's not okay it's it's they belong in the year 2001 plus it actually has a message and some heart i don't like it more than i like dogma and i gave that a three and a half so hence i had to do this i had to split the difference and cut this movie into a quarter piece because i can't rate it the same as dogma but i can't rate it the same as strike back it falls squarely between those two for me this isn't Nam, Juan. There are rules. (laughs) That's fine. I was vacillating back and forth between two and a half to three. Okay. Like all week. and Really weighing on you, huh? Yeah. I I didn't (laughs) sleep one night. uh, But I think I've talked myself into a three. Yeah. So that's pretty good. It's it's solid entertainment. If you're a ViewSkew fan, it's nice. It's okay to go home again. Maybe things yeah. are a little duller. Maybe people are a little older. Maybe the jokes don't hit as hard. But it's still an enjoyable enough experience. And that's what it is. It's not hilarious. It's not laugh out loud funny that often, if at all. But it's enjoyable. You're going to have a good time and have a smile on your face for the entire runtime. It's just a nice movie. <laughs> now, if you are not familiar with the View Askew universe in any capacity and you watch you this... Would- be bored or angry the entire yeah. time. So there is some required <laughs> viewing to work yeah. your way into this thing. But yeah. with that caveat, I yeah. wholeheartedly give it three golden movies. I feel like you should need to take a BuzzFeed how well do you know the Viewisk universe quiz before you're able to watch this movie. <laughs> because that's got to be how he got that 93% audience score. Is It's got to be only people who have seen every other Kevin Smith movie and some of them so many times they can't even count. And that's oh, yeah. where you get your 93% for this movie. And and again, I'm going to say it because I feel like I was a huge dick last episode. Harley Quinn Smith is so much better in this movie. No, you're right. She's good for good her. because she has a lot more to do emotion-wise instead of just like making dumb jokes. Well, we'll see what happens with Moose Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you can find Screen Run anywhere podcasts are found. Please give us a review and a rating. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lady One. Chris is at CG Scalzo, which still looks like Scrabble tiles on, like on the little card thing. That's what it looks like to me. Um, next week we're going to talk about the flying car and uh, reflect on our journey. Wow! So it's going to yeah. be our favorite performance from any of the films. Our yeah. favorite reference. Our favorite gag. Yeah. From I'm our entire have to review tour. a lot of Google Docs. i am looking forward to that this is gonna be a nice retrospective yeah yeah good times all right uh well you can check out (laughs) screenrun.fun the best website on the internet uh i'm never gonna not laugh at that for words there will be words there there will be you could just listen to this again i don't know 
Uh, I don't know what you want to do there, but it's not fun, so it's got to be fun. Guaranteed. Yep. <laughs> I stand by that. I'm out. I got nothing else. All right. Well, I'm really great at ending this. <laughs> you're, really, you are a closer. <laughs> so everybody, thanks for listening. You can hit us up too, I believe, at screenrun at gmail.com. I think so. I hope so. Give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Just try it. You know what? It's fine. And we'll see you guys next time with the big wrap-up show. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I never know Solid. Solid stuff. Okay, I've started again. All right, let me uh, do that. Okay, better. <laughs> it's it's bonus content. There you go. You want to? Disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's you ever want to hear two bonus. podcasters yeah. talk about another podcast that they kind of listen to? <laughs> it makes sense to get meta right now.